Here's what's coming up on today's show. It's been a tough year in the markets, and some people are wondering if the 60-40 portfolio is dead. Join Mark and I as we discuss the ins and outs of this topic today. It's easy to get lost on the way to retirement. Things like taxes, improper planning, and excessive market risk can all lead you astray from your goal of a successful and happy retirement. That's where Liz Whittaberry comes in. She's a holistic financial advisor and the founder of Best Path Advisors, and she can help guide you to a better financial path. This is Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry. Welcome into Retire on Your Best Path with Liz Whittaberry and myself to talk investing, finance, and retirement and is the 60-40 portfolio dead. That's going to be the topic this week. And of course, as always, if you've got questions and you need some help, make sure you're reaching out to Liz before you take any action. She is the founder and financial advisor at Best Path Advisors, and you can find her online at bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com. Liz, how are you, first of all? But I, I want to get into this conversation because, man, the headlines are everywhere. And every you and I were chatting about um, you know things to talk about on the podcast this week, and it just seemed like this one was a kind of an easy target because it's it's there's a lot of conversation about the sixty forty. So I think it's going to be a good chat this week. But but how you doing? I am good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Looking forward to this conversation uh, for sure because. I don't know about you. Are you are you seeing it as much as I'm seeing it? Because I certainly am. I'm seeing it in a lot of places. People just having this conversation about, uh, and I think I, I guess it's probably been around for a while. The chat about the sixty forty, but it seems like the volatility of this year has really ramped up that conversation again. It certainly has, and I am definitely seeing a lot of headlines and some advisors saying the sixty forty portfolio is dead. Mm-hmm. And the sixty forty portfolio. Let's just step back and say, what yeah, is that? Say, yeah, what six- is that? Right. That's 60% invested in equities and 40% invested in fixed income. And the idea behind that is that equities, the stock portion, Mm -hmm. is not correlated to the fixed income, the bond portion. Uh, you, You typically expect if bonds are going up, then stocks are going down, or if stocks are going up, bonds are going down. They're working sure. in opposite directions of each other because that then gives you some uh, stabilization of the portfolio over time. It's a right. it's a way to measure and manage the risk in the portfolio. It's been the classic uh, thing for for many many years. Right, we we hear and we know. Okay, well, you know, the the stock market's rough. Let's move to bonds. Right, right, right. And and when you're thinking over the long term as a long-term investor, then having some bonds in there, even though they don't grow the same way that the stocks are expected to grow over the long term, mm-hmm. they stabilize that portfolio during those market downturns. That's been the the thought. That's right. been, you know, a lot of times what has happened, but this year has been different, very, very different because we've had the high inflation, we've had the Fed raising interest rates to combat that. We've had the stocks coming down. We've had you know, the supply chain and the war and all of the things that have been impacting uh, both sides, mm-hmm. yeah, both the stocks and the bonds. And so that 60-40 portfolio is down about 15% for the year. And the bonds have played a big part of that yeah, because yeah. of rates going up. So that's why some people have said, well, maybe the 60-40 portfolio is dead. But, you know, in my opinion, I I work with you know, people that are retired or getting ready to retire. Right. And so the 60-40 portfolio 
has never been what I considered the goal. And it's so interesting. I'm glad you said that because it's what we're taught and it's what we hear for so much of our life, or at least it used to be kind of the norm, like I said earlier, but it does not seem to fit. Often when I've talked with advisors like yourself all you know, all around and we're having conversations, that typically comes up as it's like it's not usually a good fit for seniors, for retirees. Right. It's just a very old rule of thumb. Yeah. That's a great point. So, so what is a better a strategy? What's a better portfolio management strategy than the 60-40 then? Since if, if we're right there saying, okay, you know, it's not always the greatest fit anyway, let alone this year, what else is there to look at and think about? Yeah. I think I may have mentioned this in some previous conversations that we've had that I like to do bucket planning. Right. Uh-huh. And I, I do that because it allows me to line up a portfolio with the cash flow needs. When you're working, you've got a retirement. I mean, you've got a paycheck coming in, you've got money hitting the bank, you know, twice a month. And you don't really need to be concerned about the cash flow coming off of your portfolio. You're just adding to the pile. But when you're retired, you are creating your income from the investments, from the money that you have saved. Uh, and that supplements, of course, Social Security. If you have a pension, you may have some other cash flows. But in looking at the cash flow, for the next five years, the next 10 years, the next 15 years, the next 20 years, breaking it down into different time frames and saying what amount of money is needed in each of those time frames, and then how can we invest the portfolio mm-hmm. in a way that will line up the proper cash flow, the money coming in at the point in time that we need it. And that way we can ensure that we have that very safe money, that very stable money that gives us some cash flow in the next five years, the first five years, and then beyond that, you know, the next five years, years six through 10, we may still need a good amount of stability, a little bit more growth beyond 10 years can start looking at at that higher growth at some of the equities. What that looks like for a particular person is going to look completely different than another person. And so the percentage that is in the more conservative the midterm, the long term is going to be completely different for each person. So it's no longer, let's all just be 60-40. Right, exactly. It's what do you need to fit your cash flow needs over your uh, retirement years? Yeah, because you're going to be different than me, right? I mean, your lifestyle needs, Liz, is different than mine and different than the next person and so on and so forth. So having that uh, flexibility uh, within the portfolio is more so than that just the kind of standard tried and true 60-40. Exactly, exactly. And then layered on top of that is what I call purposeful portfolios. Okay. So let's say that in my situation, I have Social Security, but I don't have any pensions. But in your situation, you maybe have Social Security and you have pensions and you have you know other income streams. Well, that will play into what the portfolios can be used for. I may need to supplement my basic living expenses more so than you need to supplement your basic living expenses. And that would Mm. play into having a dedicated floor portfolio to make sure that it protects my lifestyle. It provides for those, you know, those lifetime expenses that I'm going to need to be covering. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, there can be money for emergencies that needs to be thought of. There can be money for longevity. Uh, You may be able to have a bigger bucket that you're leaving later in life and even creating a legacy from that. And that's going to look different for everybody. So just thinking through 
not only what do you need for each of the time frames, but what can your portfolios do for you and how can they meet these purposes that you might have for them? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And so there's definitely some alternate things to think about. And on that topic, since the bond market is kind of the piece that's that's really you know having some issues as well in, in this whole thing. Well, I guess both sides really are, to be honest. But what are some alternatives to the bond side of things? Because we, I think it's a little easier for us to think about the market than it is bonds. People seem to be more confused on a regular basis about bonds and things of that nature in general. Right. So what are some alternatives Absolutely. to that safe side? Right, absolutely. And, and of course, our last episode, we did talk about bonds right. in quite a bit of detail. And so if, um, if you didn't catch that and you're listening to this one today, go back and listen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are good alternatives to bonds. Uh, what will make sense depends on what's your time frame and what's the purpose of that fixed portion. Mm, okay. And, you know, we just talked about dividing the money up into different time frames. Well, you've got to consider what would the bond be doing in that particular bucket? Would it be creating income for you? Would it be providing a more stable value? Would it be providing some diversification to stocks, something that is non-correlated so that when stocks are going down, it's going up? And by thinking through what is the purpose of that investment, then you can identify what might be a good alternative to that bond investment. Hmm. You know, now right now with rates higher, of course our savings accounts and our money market accounts are looking more attractive A little better, for the yeah. short-term funds. <laughs> yes. They're not, they're still not great, although I hear that every you know you, you have to kind of really know where to look and some different things and again that's where a professional like you comes into place cuz often you can check your local bank and there's not a not been a big change. I think some people are surprised by that, right? But there are some right. things out there so that's where you really really where you need to know how. Right. Yeah. Because you can you can definitely get 3% interest right now on a savings account mm-hmm. if you know where to look for that. Right. Because yeah. uh, I pull up my bank and it does not say that on their website, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. And then we have, you know, CDs and short-term notes True. and fixed yeah. annuities and different products like that that do pay a fixed interest for a short period of time, maybe a one to five year period of time. And mm-hmm. that can provide four to five, five and a half percent interest right now. And as rates continue to go up, those rates may also continue to go up. Yeah. But, you know, bonds really should not be written off, though, just because we have a bad year. Right. Yeah. Like anything. Right. I mean, yeah, right. it's it's just that we are in, you know, I think we kind of talked about this, but we are in kind of a, a unique or even a perfect storm, if you will, of all these things going on. It has happened very often uh, over the last number of years, you know, probably 40, 50 years. It's only a couple of times we can really probably point to where all of these things are kind of colliding. Uh, creating this environment, which is probably also leading to the 60-40 being dead conversation. Uh, right. So what right. does, um, Liz, what does a portfolio then, you know, what's it going to look like for a typical client? I mean, I know we said everybody's different, but are there some generalities or some bullet points that will, you know, go towards this conversation? You know, when I'm working with clients, uh, no one has the exact same portfolio. Right. And it's because of what we just talked about. We start with the spending plan. We put together the cash flow projections. We devise a bucket plan looking at what's needed for the first five years, the next five years. We have a conversation about the purpose of the portfolio, how much might be needed for that dedicated floor, for reserves, for some growth to offset inflation over the long term, for the eventual legacy. 
what's their preferences? Some people want a lot higher risk and return. Some people want lower risk and return. And some people really want no, virtually no risk. Uh, if, if, if that can, if they can afford to, you know, set up the plan in that way and still have enough growth for the long term. And then what's the tax plan? What is your capital gain budget? Any tax loss harvesting opportunities, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. because you have to consider the tax cost in putting that portfolio together. So thinking through that, that's very individual for each person. We then know how much to go into each bucket and then can fill up each bucket with that right mix of investments. Uh, and then as we move forward, then refill the near-term bucket each year, looking at do we have an opportunity to pull some growth and refill this short-term bucket with that. And then ongoing, just looking at that current environment to consider what's going on. Are there changes that are needed to keep the risk in line with the total plan? Yeah, changes are going to have to happen, right? I mean, often yes. we get so many people who feel like, you know, well, I got a plan. Great. You know, and then they kind of, you know, toss it in the drawer, so to speak, like you would with an insurance policy you bought 25 years ago. And it's just not, <laughs> that's just not the way to do it. It's It's got to be kind of a living document as well, because your life is going to change through retirement and the economy is going to change through the retirement like we're talking about now. So uh, as we close this out, so do we weigh in? Do we feel well, the 60-40s dead, Liz? Or what do you think? Or is it wounded? <laughs> I would say I would say for retirees back to the beginning that the 60/40 really is not the goal. Okay. And so the fact that there are articles that are saying the 60/40 is dead, where is that coming from? What is the what it's dead for what purpose? For mm -hmm. what reason? You know, you, when you're doing a portfolio, you've got to know what the purpose of your investments are, what they're going to do for you, why you own them. And so with each of my clients, it's not, we're, we're not saying we want a 60-40, we're saying we want a bucket plan that is going to fit where we're at now. You know, yeah. a number of years ago, I had a client that came in and they've been a client now for a good long time. But at that point in time, they had had a different advisor for probably about 15 years. And they always felt that they had too much risk every time they had a meeting and went into the office and sat down with the advisor and the advisor's team. They told the advisor, you know, we really have too much risk. We want to adjust this. It would get adjusted for a short period of time after the meeting, and then it would move right back to where it was before. Mm. And so this client felt that they were really beating their head against a wall. They just couldn't get through to this advisor that they wanted less risk and more security in their portfolio over time. And it kept them on edge. They were concerned about the portfolio and, you know, what ifs that could happen. Well, once they moved the uh, accounts over, we spent some time making adjustments. We, you know, we, of course, had to consider their taxes and their cash flow needs and um, look at that in the timing of making adjustments. And we talked regularly about it at first because they wanted to really have a good understanding of what was being changed and why. But it wasn't too long into me managing their money that they said, you know, we really believe you're making the best moves for us at the best times. And we're not spending any time worrying about our portfolio now. And they spend their time thinking about travel exactly. and where they're going to go and uh, doing some things with family. Uh, and they don't have those worries that they had because the portfolio is lined up with the cash flow. 
and with the what they want the portfolio to do for them. So each investment within that portfolio has a job to do, and we know what that job is. Mm-hmm. And because we we have it lined up with uh, the cash flow needs that they have, they have full confidence that that the portfolio is doing what it needs to do for them to support them over their retirement. And so that is what I would say is a better way to create a portfolio as a retiree. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's, you know, to your, I think to also answer that question is, is, uh, why are they writing this stuff? Well, 24 hour news cycle. Sometimes they just got to come up with things to talk about, right? So it's certainly wounded. There's certainly things going on, but sure. I, I like your answer as well. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up this week? Yeah. And I'll, I'll just comment on that, you know, the sure. news cycle. I, I would say that a lot of the people that are writing the news are much, much younger. And so they have their perspective as well that they're coming from as they're writing news and as they're thinking about things. And they're not necessarily uh, retiring. One of the thoughts that hit me, there's a a fellow by the name of Jason Zweig who writes books and writes for the Wall Street Journal. And recently he said, you know, when you buy or sell based on short term, what's going on in the short term, the person that you're really trading against is your future self. Mm -hmm. And we have to always keep that in mind our current self and our future self and making sure that the decision that we're making is good, not only for our current self, but also good for our future self, because one day that future self is going to be our current self. And so I would like to add that to anybody that is listening, if there is uh, any questions that we can answer for you or any help that we can give you in designing your best retirement portfolio, feel free to reach out to us because we are here to help you be on your best path for retirement. Absolutely. That's why we do the podcast. That's why we have these conversations. So hopefully you found this engaging and enlightening. And of course, if you have questions about the 6040 and some of the topics we talked about this week, good bond alternatives, uh, that's a tongue twister, then just reach out to Liz, get on her calendar, have a conversation. And again, you can find all that information online at bestpathadvisors.com. That's bestpathadvisors.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. You can find us there by simply uh, searching that out in the search box of those apps or just by going by her website, bestpathadvisors.com. For Liz Whittaberry, I'm Mark, your host. We'll see you next time here on Retire on Your Best Path. The preceding program is sponsored by Best Path Advisors, which is solely responsible for its content. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. Best Path Advisors, J.W. Cole Financial, and J.W. Cole Advisors are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by Liz Whitberry should not be construed as specific tax, legal, or investment advice, nor as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Neither J.W. Cole Financial nor its representatives provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W. Cole. Investing is subject to risks, including the loss of principal. Due to volatility within the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable. However, their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed.